Let's see. We are drinking. We are in person today, which is cool because Neil's at my house, and we're not doing this over the Zoom and having to combine audio because I got this new fancy audio mixer that hopefully, uh, like, everything sounds great in the headphones, but watch it come out in the recording, and I absolutely hate the audio quality, but we'll see. Um, but we are drinking Bon Terra, which is a Cabernet Sauvignon from California. It's vintage of 2017. Um, I think it's from Modesto. Is it from Modesto? Or where does it say? It's in the back. Let's see. Bonterra Vineyards in Hopeland, Mendocino County. Oh, Mendocino. Mendocino. That makes more sense. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I say. Terra, good, good earth. I think is that is that the they're organic grapes. They so. are organic grapes. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, it is pretty good. Very smooth, very light. I wasn't expecting it to be this light. It says our cabernet offers hints of black pepper, which I don't feel the hints of black paper, pepper, vanilla spice, and rich berry plum flavors. I would agree with the rich berry plum flavors. I don't. I don't. Let me, let me take another swig of this, but I don't get any. I guess Got I can smell legs. the pepper. But what about the? Uh, Vanilla spice. This is how wine podcasts probably smell. <laughs> or smell. <laughs> well, they sound. <laughs> a lot of sniffing. A lot of, mm, a lot of slurping. This bouquet. You know, I learned something today that um, coffee tasters, they slurp their coffee because it does something. It's like percolating. Like it bubbles in their yeah. mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess that's how you're supposed to taste coffee, which I didn't know. But One of the finest wines of Idaho. <laughs> You know what that's from? I have no idea, but that's a great line. What's that from? Muppet movie. Is that from the Muppet movie? When Steve Martin oh, that's is there. Right. And With Ralph the dog and... Before, 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 before the, Ralph. Mm-hmm. And he sits there and he's like, you know, and he tells Piggy that he bought the wine already. And he's like, would you care to serve us? And then Steve Martin gets into Steve Martin and he's like, oh, can I? Sparkling Muscatel, one of the finest wines of Idaho. Uh, well, you may serve us now, please. Oh, may I? <laughs> and then he takes his bottle cap out, like it's got a bottle right, cap, rather than a cork, cork. Yeah. and he pops it with the thing. And he's like, "Would you like to smell the bottle cap?" <laughs> he's like, "Would you try it?" You know, they're like, "Can you taste it?" And he's like, "Certainly." And then he <laughs> spits it out. He's like, "Excellent choice, <laughs> finest wine, I one know. of the finest wines of Idaho." <laughs> That's fantastic. That's a great movie. I, I, I love saw it the movie. other day. I you know I, we've had this argument before, but I actually like that one a lot better than the Muppets Take Manhattan. No, that's not our argument. My argument is Great Muppet Capers. The oh, best. that's right, Great Muppet Caper. As some would say, The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yeah. the Muppet movies. No, not not for me. That one nineteen nineteen seventy nine. The the original Muppet movie gets me every single time. I love that movie. It's so much. good, but I'm a great Muppet Caper guy. Yeah. Just is I it, almost watched it the other day after I finished Muppet movie. Is it because they're that Fozzie and, and Kermit are twins? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good bit. When we thought identical twins working on a newspaper would make an interesting story. Yeah. Well, it doesn't. Especially since you two guys don't look anything alike. Uh, well, that's because Fozzie's not wearing his hat. Uh, Fozzie, put your hat back on. Oh, yes, sir. See? Oh, yeah. I can see it now. But what was funny is I was listening to uh, another podcast, uh, The Film and Water. It's a guy, Rob Kelly, who does a lot of podcasts for uh, 
uh, comic book stuff. So he did a movie one. And then I would listen to that. And then he did an audio commentary with another guy, Luke Dobb, who does a cool, who has a cool Firestorm song. I'll have to play it for you someday. What's a Firestorm? You don't know what a Firestorm? You don't know Firestorm? No. Like the comic book character? Yeah. He has a song for for Firestorm? Well, he wrote it. Oh, that's it. I didn't, it's uh, not like it's like. Because Firestorm <laughs> didn't have his own show. so No, he whatever. wrote a song for Firestorm. In the comic book? or No. Okay. Random. There's a guy. <laughs> There's a guy who does like art and podcasts and stuff like that, and he wrote a song for Firestorm. That's hilarious. I'll play it for you someday. Yeah. But it helps if you do you know much about Firestorm? I know a little bit. It's two persons in one, yeah? Yes, that's why it's also two of a kind. But have you heard of the Jason uh, Rush one? No, what's uh Jason Rush? Who's the artist on this one? The guy's Luke Dobb. So <clears throat> the thing is the original Firestorm is is pretty much is written by Jerry Conway, who did a lot of Spider Man in the seventies, and he went to DC and he wrote Justice League and um, what else did he do early? I can't, I'm blinking now. But he wrote a bunch of stuff, and one of the things he did was he created Firestorm, and Firestorm was like a Marvel character in DC, and it's also kind of like what if Flash Thompson became. Uh, the superhero instead of Peter Parker. Okay, I can see that. But he's not more as much of a bully, but he's more of like the, I wouldn't say dumb jock, but yeah, the jock character. So he gets those nuclear powers where he can fly and, right. and he can transmutate stuff like crazy alchemy things. And he looks like Ghost Rider. Kinda. It's just yeah. his head, not his face and stuff. But, and the idea is he can, he does that stuff, but then what he does is he joins with Professor Stein. It's like, and what's it called? Did you see Legends of Tomorrow? Unfortunately, most of it. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh man, that was a fun show. <laughs> I haven't watched like the last two seasons, but yeah. it got really funny when it got super meta and stuff. And it's like, yeah. hey, we're going to do a riff on E.T. And it's like, oh my God, it's a riff on E.T. But you know it's a riff on E.T. And they're really diving into it. So it's funny. <laughs> Not like, hey, we're going to try to rip people off and not know it. But what's it called? Ronnie become, Ronnie Raymond becomes the Firestorm. And then Professor Stein's like in the back of his head. And he's kind of guiding him through stuff. Right. Because he's dead, right? His no, he's not dead. He oh, just... He's not dead. His no. body's gone. Well, well, no. His body's only gone when they merge. Oh, but his body's there when they're not merged. I forgot that. It goes away. Yeah. It does go And away. then it comes back when they separate. Yeah, when they separate. So then later... It's like a fusion in Dragon Ball Z. Kinda. Except for they don't have to do a dance. No. But then, then, in, then after the Identity Crisis uh, miniseries back in 03 or so, uh, or 02, something like that, early 2000s, um, they end up killing Firestorm. And then I guess some part of the Firestorm Matrix mashes up with this guy, Jason Rush, who's like a black nerdy kid. So it's the opposite of what Ronnie was. And then he's had a few different partners and stuff like that. And there was a whole thing where then towards, I think the end of what's it called before the end of before flashpoint and they had brightest day after blackest night. So they had the zombie Ronnie Raymond come back and try to, you know, kill everybody and then at the end of it, in well, spoilers at the in the story at the end of Blackest Night, they re, they resurrect like eight eight characters who were dead, and it's like, okay, Hawkman, you're back, and Aquaman, you're back, and just for the heck of it, or did they have a part to the storyline where they're like, okay, this is how we resurrected them? No, it's more like kind of the heck of it. They just came out of nowhere. Well, they were already 
zombies and stuff, but oh, they see. picked these guys that just came back to life because the thing was there was like a white entity that had life Power and then brought yeah through the power of friendship and love we brought everybody back to life so then he came back but then what happens is then ronnie and jason merged and then ronnie was the what's it called was firestorm and jason was then in his head nice and then they did it when the reboot happened in the new 52 they had it so they were two different firestorms for a while and then so how would that was like was it so instead of them merging, they just both became oh, Firestorm. Gotcha. I thought that I thought they separated it and then merged with two other people. No, no, no. It was so. What it was is they became two different Firestorms, and one can transmute, and one had like fire powers, like Human oh. Torch. And then if they merged, they became this giant like Hulk-like Firestorm. I feel like that that's normally a villains uh, villains thing, right? You where you have one, they're like twins, or like a double-headed <clears throat> a dragon or something like that, where one dragon spits out you know like acid the other dragon spits out fire you know you know what i'm saying like mm. um that was like a, a i remember playing video games younger when i was younger and that was like a common theme we should get microphones with cough buttons on them. um that was like a common theme like at some point in the video game you would face a boss that you know one side of the is ice and one side is fire and they're complementary mm-hmm. so that's kind of like the idea yeah something like that yeah. and then that lasted 12 issues, and then those writers were left, and then Dan Jurgens came on, and then he made him more like classic Firestorm, and then brought back a bunch of Firestorm villains. And, and this then, is all part of the new 52? Yeah. And then they, he, I think he knew, well, they're going to cancel this in four issues, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring back six Firestorm villains and be like the Sinister Six for Firestorm. Nice. And he's like, this way... Who knows when we're going to have another Firestorm series, which I don't think they had a continuous series since then. So it's like, here's everybody. Here's Typhoon and Plastique and Killer Frost and Black Bison and um, Multiplex and the Hyena. Then, And here you go. We're going to shoot our wad right now because we got three (laughs) more issues left. (laughs) That's kind of what they did. And it was like, wow, this is real fun and cool. And then it ended. And it's like, oh, that's too bad. Too bad they didn't start it this way. But yeah, I I, I liked the the concept of the character on Firestorm from the from the show. I didn't realize that it had that big of a following to have some fan make their own song song about it. Yeah, it's pretty good. uh, And then. Oh, yeah. There's like blogs and stuff. And there's a fan fan fiction. Like yeah. how uh, Spider Gwen came to be about is through fan fiction. Yeah, kind of. Except for this fan fiction off of uh, of the existing character, that's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. So, uh, speaking of comic book line, before I throw some topics at you, mm-hmm. you finished Justice League, the mm-hmm. Zack Snyder cut. Here's your dude. And you it took like it. eight years, but I finished. <laughs> I know. It. Finally, after everybody else has seen it, and they probably already watched the black and white version. Did you watch the black and white version, or did you watch the color? Version? I didn't know there was a black and white version. Oh yeah, there's a black and white version. Oh well, I don't need to watch that yet. Yeah. If you want to be super pretentious, watch the black and white version. Okay. Well, the color version was good. I mean, <laughs> I just can't believe that what a different movie it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so much better. Oh yeah, it's a lot better. But did you get what I was saying about like there's a lot of stuff in there that just didn't make any sense. Uh, I understood a lot of stuff that didn't need to be there. Right. And like you said, but it was the four hour cut. Yeah. And like I get I, that piece. And I said before, you know, you heard there's four hour cuts of a bunch of movies. Right. So which would be kind of cool. But my, my thing was not just, not just that there was unnecessary things in there. I thought that there was stuff in there that actually breaks the plot a little bit. Like, um, Martian Manhunter being um, Martha Kent at one point and having an entire conversation with Lois Lane that you think that they would talk about in the future 
at some point, like it was like, "Thank you for really coming to my house. You've changed my perspective." I didn't come to your house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. I thought that was a little funny too because I was because like, it didn't need to be. Like no. there was no reason for him to be for her to be Martian Manhunter. Yeah, it should have just done the scene at the end, probably. Yeah, but. I didn't care. Once I saw her eyes light up, I was like, what was that? And then when she turned into the Martian Manor, I was like, oh my God! Martian Manor, you ever seen this? This movie's so good! Yeah. And then and then he turns into the general from the other movies. And I'm like... Yep. <gasps> I thought that was a good twist, yeah. But then my cousin hates it because he's like, dude, the world's going to explode. Why didn't he come and help out? And that's it's true. like, he just helps out at the end. And I'm like, well, that's just because it's stupid movies where it's like, oh, we don't put him in. We're already having Superman show right. up at the end. And we we'll use him for, for, Super- for JLA, too, or yep. something. And yep. So, I mean, I was like, okay. And then, but they had Ryan Choi in it. Do you know who Ryan Choi is? No. Who's Ryan Choi? Ryan Choi was the uh, Asian doctor who helped out Silas Stone, the cyborg's dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Ryan Choi is the second Adam. Or not the second Adam, but the... But the Adam, right? The, the, so, the shrinky guy. Yeah, the shrinky guy for DC. Yes. So you had <laughs> Ray Palmer was the Adam, and then later they had Ryan Choi become the Adam in the 2000s. Yeah. And so they had that, yeah. So I the, did remember that. And then if you notice at the end, he gets a promotion and he does stuff with the... Um, atom, not Atom. What is it? Um, Adams. Um, small stuff. Small stuff. Micro, what? microbiology Molecules. or something. I forgot. But whatever they set him up to, it's for shrinky stuff. Okay. And it's like, oh, duh, because he's the atom. So, right. so that's cool. They're feeding that in, and I'm like, all they and they did hints to Green Lanterns and stuff, so you know they're yes. out there. So, and I then all they need cool. is like Hawkman now, and they're good. They got the whole thing. They got enough. What uh, what what was your take on the <laughs> futuristic? scene with Joker and Batman. Some of that stuff was a little weird to me. I should have rewatched it before having this conversation because now I don't remember all of it. But um, I don't know. What, what was your take on that, that whole piece? Well, they were feeding that since BVS and right. stuff where it's like, here's this post-apocalyptic world and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and I think the idea is they're trying to say that Darkseid's going to come down and beat up most of the world and then take over Superman and then he's going to wreck wreck shop or something. Right. Or he's going to have Superman do it all for him or something. And or, now this is what we're stuck with. So I think, could it be an alternate universe that they're playing with? I think what it's going to be is either it's alternate universe or it's off alternate timeline. Okay. So maybe what it is, I like, I don't want to watch a whole movie of that. Right. Cause it's like, I can do, I can only take so much evil Superman and stuff. And it's kind of played out because like I showed you earlier, there's a two part episode. It's actually the conclusion of the Superman animated series. It's called legacy. Yeah. And he's brainwashed and doesn't know that he's not apocalyptic and he's brainwashed by dark side and he takes over the world kind of, or he starts wrecking a shop in, in right. earth. And they're like, Hey, you're, you're Superman. Supergirl. What are you doing? Oh no. Well, Supergirl was fighting it and stuff or whatever. Right. But the idea was at the end, you know, or something, he, he gets rid of his brainwashing and then he fights dark side. And then the problem is it, it ends with a lot of people like, uh, Superman kind of turned on us. And even professor Hamilton isn't very happy about it, which leads into justice league when he's part of project Camus. And, you know, when they, you know, t- do all that secret. Have you watched Justice League, really? Oh, then you don't know. I don't all right. Know. Well, because he had his problems with Superman because of that episode, he kind of does shady stuff later. But that's kind of the same story. And then even in the New 52, they had Earth 2, which was kind of like an al- it was an alternate Earth, which right. which had a, a, the, a lot of the JSA characters, but brand new. And... 
and uh, they had Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman die in like issue one. And then it's like, here are all these new characters in this other Earth, but they don't have those characters there. And then after a while, they have Steppenwolf's there, and he has a few guys there, and then he ends up getting killed by this one brute, brute, brutal guy or something who ends up being evil Superman. And then he just wipes out and does all these evil things and wrecks shop on the Earth, and it's terrible. And then he starts changing a little, so he's not really Superman. He's kind of like Earth 2 Bizarro. Or something, and then they end up fighting him or something, and they defeat him. But, you know, he already, like, kills all these people and wrecks everything. So it's like, oh, that's kind of... So it's kind of the same story of evil Superman doing all this stuff. Well, I do think that there's, like, this fascination of, like, what do you do? Because that's that's the way Superman's written in comic books, is that he is the unstoppable force, right? He is the all-powerful. He's he's omnipotent for for all intents and purposes. So what do you do if something like that becomes evil? And I think that's a fascinating question to to start asking. And I think that's why people kind of obsess of that. Is like what what are you going to do whenever the evil is so overwhelmingly powerful that you have no hope against it? Um that's the whole story with Batman and them. Mm-hmm, it is. So I think maybe what they do is I the way I would deal with the movie is if they do that for like a half hour, right? And then they find a way to go back in time and make sure Darkseid doesn't screw over Superman. Well, that's my pro- I think that's my problem with a lot of these a lot of these films is that like whenever you do have I I think it's an interesting thought experiment because we always imagine evil as extraordinarily powerful, but somehow there's going to be a more powerful good that's going to come and knock it down, right? That that somehow something something stronger but good is going to go and defeat the evil. And I think that's why the Superman turning evil ends up being such an interesting thought experiment because like what do you do whenever the thing that's supposed to be stronger than all the other evil things and is good turns evil, right? Um, but what in, what they end up doing in all these stories is either going back in time and making him not evil or... Um, preventing it. Yeah, preventing him from becoming evil or somehow tricking tricking it or finding the weakness to defeat him or something like that. And um, I think that I think that breaks the story a little bit because... If you think about if you think about these these story arcs from the perspective of a kid, right? Mm-hmm. Evil is, and even for us, like if we think about it, evil is super powerful and and overwhelming in our lives. Um, and for a kid, that manifests in like monsters and scary things. And for us, like it manifests as like uh, stress and temptations and, and sin and these kind of things. But and it's it's crazy overpowerful and there's no way as a kid you're able to go back in time and make that evil not scary there's no way that you're going to overpower that evil as a kid but somehow you have to know that that evil can be defeated and I think that's where the story breaks down for me and why why the evil Superman stories never really connect with me because they don't tell you how you beat evil Superman how you beat an evil that is overwhelmingly powerful than you. Like you can't trick it, like because that that seems false when they tell the mm. stories, right? Like like um, uh, Mixus <laughs> Pitlick. Um, Mixus Yeah, that's the guy. Or Mitzoplex, if you're watching old Super Friends episode. <laughs> but but he is basically omnipotent, right? Yeah, and he's funny, which which is what makes the, his stories kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But. They're always unsatisfying because all you're doing is tricking him into saying his name, which is dumb. Yeah, but it's funny. It is funny, but it's but it's not. It doesn't satisfy that. Like, how do we actually overcome an evil this large? This is why. This is why um, 
things like Lord of the Rings is so good because Sauron was omnipotent and and undefeatable, right? And yet he got beat not through trickery and not through overwhelming strength, but by a hobbit because of sacrifice, right? He he well, bas- he basically laid down his life and said that I'm gonna I'm, even even at the end though he didn't do it perfectly, right? He was like, yeah, no, I'm gonna keep the ring, the end, right, 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 but uh, but that. The whole thing was like this. This the only way was that they were going to defeat him was it's actually if I give up my life for somebody else, and I think that that's kind of cool. Yeah, but it still had a Death Star fail safe right thing the, where it falls into the <laughs> throw away the ring and everything's groovy. Right, right. But it, yeah. But I know what you're saying. It's the build up to it right. because it's like well, if you look at it when Superman comes back in the middle of Justice League, or in this one like the third hour of Justice League, but it's you know. Hey, here's Superman, and he's not white Superman. He's not evil Superman, but he right. doesn't know what he's doing. And then you you get him with love, right. and it's like, oh look, there's you know, if it was his mom, he would do the same thing. But it's we Lois saved him L- with love and friendship. Exactly. When you were making fun of it before, now here it is. Here's Lois exactly. Lane, and then he's like, oh, this is my girl. I'll yeah. go see her. And then she defeats evil Superman by love. Right. And I guess that's a way to overcome it by overcome it by like calming the heart or something like right. that and then the problem too is sometimes when you have crazy evil superman it's usually because lois died or something like that like kingdom come well he wasn't evil in kingdom come but like that injustice video game series like the backdrop of everything of why everybody's fighting is because like lois lane died and superman went nuts out yeah so then you don't have lois lane to cool his heart or something you know, but yeah. that would be the way to defeat him is with with love, with love, but less cliche. Yeah, um, but I mean, how else are you going to do it? Right. You have to come up with your crazy failsafe ring, Death right. Star your, exhaust your, port thing. They use ex machina, right? You know, or, or no, or it's the, the weird MacGuffin kind of esque, you know, failsafe winner take all thing that you know about in the beginning. Right. And but the story isn't that to defeat him it's the story of like you said the sacrifice or the giving or the whatever right. to get to that point yeah yeah and, and to switch the clown from good to evil or yes. evil to good yeah from evil to good which and that's that's i think my struggle with with how they they do these things like even even the justice league the Zack snyder one whenever they you were weren't sure whether superman was evil or not and they had that whole lois lane thing something felt off about it like I I don't I don't know film writing and storytelling well enough to be like this is exactly what it is, but there was something that I was like, there's something unsatisfying about oh just give me enough time with Lois and I'll be better right and and that was because uh, Lois didn't do anything. I don't know. I think it's more. I'd have to say it more like he's not. He's more like it's that lizard part of your body where it's all instincts and he sees them as threats. And okay, then there's part of his, because, and then when he sees Super or Batman, he's like ultra, you know, he's like hyper on edge because Batman was trying to kill him last time they were hanging out, you know. 
So he sees that and remembers that. And then he sees something that he knows isn't a threat. And then there's that part of your brain that's like, oh, this is familiar and it's safe. And then he can just figure it out. But it did feel a little like caveman and this is cave girl and I take you now and we go fly away. Well, maybe a little bit, <laughs> I guess. I didn't feel it as much, but I, I kind of like the, the Snyder version better where she just like pops up and goes, hey, where the Josh Whedon version, it's like you got Batman. He's like, now it's time for the secret weapon. That was dumb. That was really dumb. I got to go get her. Get the big guns. Of course, I noticed that my Batman voice is slowly turned into the how uh, how it should have ended Batman. <laughs> Which is a great Batman voice, actually. But it's just like, that's how I like read it for all Robert's stories now. I'm like, yeah, you want to know my secret identity? <laughs> you know what I would have done? Throwing a battering at it. <laughs> hey, there ain't nothing wrong with, uh, uh, that's Daniel Baxter, right? Who does the voice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, does, he does both voices. And his Superman is just like a. It's just his voice. It, yeah, yeah, with a little bit of like. You know, a little tweak to it or something. It just smugness. Yes, that's what I love about that Superman. He's just so smug and kind of yeah. like you know, save the day, fly in space, wink at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> I would have just thrown him into space. <laughs> yeah. You know what I would have done? <laughs> I would have thrown a bangerang. Should have thrown a battery at him. And I loved it, like when the Avengers are there and they're like, "You guys are just jealous because we knocked it out of the park." Look at all this box office money, and then like, and then like, Superman's like, you know, I'm just like all you put together, right? <laughs> right, oh. and I think that's why people hate on Superman, though. By the way, is because he has everybody put together, and that's the problem too, because right. Superman has evolved over the ages because he's been, you know, one of the main superheroes, right. especially during the '50s when you had like five superheroes, and. You know, it's like, oh, now we give him freeze ray, freeze right. breath, or now we give him time travel, and now right. we give him super he ventriloquism. That shield, <laughs> the shield from his from Superman two. Exactly. Yeah, well, that's that's the yeah. But I mean, it's also because of media and stuff. Like he, you know, why he flies was because the Max Fleischer cartoons didn't want to draw him jumping up and down and up and down right. where it's easier to stay flying as fewer animation cells right it, but it doesn't match the actual the actual song because or not what a, the not song, song the, not song the um leaps over tall buildings in a single bound right, right versus i i never understood that as a kid till i realized that he was supposed to leap yeah he, like, and he did leap <laughs> and then they sat there and yeah so if you read a superman comic of the day he he would leap he leapt like the Hulk or something like that, and that was the deal. But then they sat there and they said, this costs too much, we're going to have him fly. And then, so they're like, this is cool, so we put him fly in the book. So, you know, it just evolves, and that's the problem. But that's the problem with Superman, and then the the idea is if you're going to write a good story, you're going to do things like you were talking about. It's the fact that he doesn't, you know, it's he can't just fix everything because it's like, oh, I just laser beam everybody, and then it's good. And then when they do do... Well... (laughs) I defend that because it's like <laughs> Superman's killed General Zod, right. Right. Superman twenty two in right. the the uh, second run in the eighties. You know he like he had the three evil Kryptonians and he he sat there and said, you know what, you guys are gonna find a way to kill everybody. So here's the green Kryptonite. They're like, yeah. and he's like, and then and the thing too that made it that even better was after that storyline that screwed him up. Because he had to kill, he got to kill three people. Yeah. And it messed him up, so he went into exile. And there's a big, long storyline called Exile where he goes off into space. And that would have been better, but he, like... Well, you can't do that in a movie. (laughs) 
Because well, unless you do Superman 2, Man of Steel 2, Exile, where he's there into space because he's like, hey, man. the last of his people. It feels, yeah, I, I feel bad that I had to send everybody to the Phantom Zone and I killed Zod and that really screws my head up. Right. So I'm going to go fly off into space and then and and figure my stuff out. Right. And then he ends up going to like War World and stuff with Mongol, which was cool. And that would have been a great Superman movie. Yeah, that would have cost probably a lot. It, yeah. You know what? It would, it would have been great. And then, <laughs> then they had Ragnarok, which is kind of the same story. Because yeah. that's all Planet that's Hulk true. stuff. And it's just like gladiator games. But the fact is, like you're saying, it's more of a personal thing where this person has to work something out. It's right. kind of like... It's character the, development. It, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> the backwards uh, Jesus in the desert. Because instead yes. of prepping, it's, it's, it's decompressing dealing, it's or dealing with... with how things resulted. Um, and I it's think a necessary evil right. that you feel guilt for. Right, because I don't have necessarily a problem with the fact that he killed Zod in the movie. I have a problem with the fact that they never dealt with it. Like, it, to me, Superman, like, in the moment, like, you can say, oh, I don't want to kill you, I don't want but I'm going to snap your neck, and now let's go hang out with Lois. You know? <laughs> yeah, but the problem is it's a movie, and how much time do you have left? And it's right, like, but it's it's better storytelling. If, oh, I if understand. There, if do depth, it, yeah, if there's depth to the character, but like even even like take Iron Man for example, right? Mm. Whenever uh, I mean, I I don't think Iron Man three is the best of all the Iron Mans by any means, right? Oh, but the fact that he has PS, PS, P, PTSD, PTSD, right? The fact that he's actually, yes, the fact that he's actually dealing with the with he flew into space. There are aliens, and he died, but he didn't want to, and he wasn't ready to go, and that really messed him up, and and uh, he needed to deal with that kind of stuff. I liked that. I liked that idea mm-hmm. um, that it wasn't just something that they, they, they that they threw in there, and I think that's what made Iron Man such a great character was they actually tried to develop his character, and because he has that whole arc where he's this complete douchebag, self-absorbed, but in Iron Man two, it's not that he's not a complete douchebag and, se- and not self-absorbed, but he's gradually moving towards something, right? mm-hmm. and then he has a sacrificial moment in in um, Avengers, but it messes him up. And then he has to deal with that in Iron Man 3 where he's like, I don't know if I can do something like that again. But then then would come Endgame, he's to the point where he resolves to be like, something is more important than me and I'm willing to die for it. Right. And he had the most to live for at the time with the family exactly. and everything. Right. He had, he had all – he had things that mattered more than money, more than his power that he had. He had his little girl, right? But now um, – that was – it was worth him dying so that they might live, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what was great and that about his character arc. Like I think if you go back and watch the Avengers films and, you know, like people talk about orders that you got to watch the films. I'm like – Release wh- order. Yeah. <laughs> I think release order is fantastic. But I, I'm like go back and watch the films according to character. Like – Oh. I was just thinking of that now yes. wait, because of watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier – because you can just, in a sense, just like you can watch just Winter Soldier. Like you could just watch James Buchanan Barnes and you could see, oh, look, there he is here and there he's in Wakanda and here he's the bad guy. Well, that's and if you it. And if you would do that and then watch Winter Soldier and uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you'd be like, what the heck happened? Because it's a complete disconnect from his character from the films, which is what my problem was. In, in well, I don't think he just got there yet. You think that there was like a bunch of stuff that happened after after Endgame that they that they're like oh his his no because that's where he is after Endgame because when he's in Wakanda he's not doing anything he's just a blank slate he's not doing anything not that he is but 
for a character, he's just pretty much a piece of cardboard. Because uh, what do they have? They don't in 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 Infinity War. He's got nothing to. He doesn't. Well, not nothing to do. But right. there's so many characters shoved in. You don't have character development. So at first, he's he's the bad guy. Then he realizes he's probably not the bad guy. And he's kind of on the run, not knowing what to do. And that's throughout all of Civil War. Then when Civil War is over, they like, hey, let's just drop him off in Wakanda, see if they can fix him. And then when they get to Wakanda in Infinity War, so he's been there for two years. I think part of it frozen and part of it like being, you know, being going, rehabilitated. Being going rehab, right. yeah. getting a new arm and stuff. Right. And then all of a sudden, now it's like, here's a fight. So I'm going to just sit around and shoot stuff and hold a raccoon and shoot more stuff. And before <laughs> I know it, I'm powder. So... Do I know that he's, you know, he's kind of like, hey, you know, I feel bad that I was such a bad guy, right. but he kind of felt like that beforehand right, when Steve was helping him. Yeah, and I then he's kind of like, what's he do? He just is like, hey, I'm going to help out. I'm glad to see you, Steve. I'm going to shoot people. I'm going to hang out with this raccoon. And then I'm done. And then he's gone. And then guess what? And then a, a end game comes and boom, I'm not powder anymore. And what do I do? I'm with everybody else and I shoot stuff and then I say to my best friend, hey, you brought all this, you're taking all this stupid with you and I know that it's goodbye because we, you know, had a secret meeting that you're going to give Sam the shield and and <laughs> that's why I don't get nervous when you don't come back because I knew it and that's f- three minutes of this character in the whole movie and then he's done. There's no more, so yeah. you don't know how he feels about it. So once he gets to the point in Winter Soldier, it's only, what, six months or something after Endgame, or right. it's not that long. Well, I feel like in, uh, maybe I so had he's a, not a new person. Different character. I, I guess I had a different experience of the character. I felt like, I felt like in all the scenes where he's in Wakanda, he seems super somber. Like, he doesn't have a whole lot of lines, and I thought that that was on purpose. I felt like, like they kept him quiet, um, not because they didn't, not because they had too much going on, but because that's where his character was, that he was dealing with all this crap. That that's you know I've been a slave for this long, and I thought that that was neat that they sent him to Wakanda, right? Mm-hmm. And in Wakanda is where he's like, all right, these people who hide themselves from the rest of the world for fear of what's gonna what the rest of the world would do to them or, or to to their resources, um, and he was that like he was what Wakanda could have become if somebody with more power came in and took their resources, right? Done something terribly evil with with what they had. And so now in that space, he learns to to deal with the idea that I have this power and it's been abused. I've been abused. And I've been um I've been used and and I need to, to, to work that out internally. That's why I kind of thought that they didn't have a whole lot of dialogue for them because how do you how do you work? Well, with but that? he's still doing all that in the show. But it, but which I liked. I actually loved that part of the show where he's like dealing with with his past stuff. Right. But, but now he's like in the real world. See, it's like I can't make amends. Why I'm just was like, chilling, chilling in the in the in Wakanda, like hanging out, camping. Yeah. But there were so many I'm scenes on where the he's compound. just like. Where they where they almost write him as a cartoon character, where he like seems so goofy and like um, he says things that I'm like that seems that seems off. This 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 seems like something that um, like a goofier character. Like you think of the Flash, like yeah. goofy goofy versions of the Flash, where he says funny and stupid things. And but that's not the Bucky that I experienced. Maybe it was a sign of like the old Bucky coming back because I, I yeah. felt like from the first Captain America, the old Bucky was kind of funny. Yeah. Before he went to war and yeah, died. Yeah, maybe he's getting out. <laughs> yeah. 
before he's yeah he's probably more like him and now he's like in a different spot because he's not in the i'm in therapy i'm having nightmares right now i'm on a mission and i'm busting sam's chops with, and well, i think that was my problem with it is that they made sam the serious character who was also doing lines some, too some stupid goofy stuff well, it was but, all the sam movie anyway yeah but if you looked at it like the comic relief was bucky and not sam hmm. i didn't notice it so much I think I did just because I think I think the the parts where Bucky was goofy were just amplified with me because of how my experience of the character was because I loved Winter Soldier is probably one of my favorites. Winter Soldier is the best. Oh yeah. Oh, it's su- such a good. I'm not sure if it's my favorite. Yeah, it's probably my favorite. But I I will I will say you can't say there's a better one because right. it's a better movie. It's fantastic. It's such a good movie. It is. It's probably my favorite. Everybody go home and watch Winter Soldier because that's what yeah. Watch Winter Soldier. <laughs> All right. But anyway, this we're, is all about like telling good stories, and um, I hope we don't just people don't think we're just turning into a superhero movie podcast. No. We're trying to show things like depth and, and right because PTSDs, think... and I even mentioned Jesus once. <laughs> oh, and Bucky came back with long hair, so it was kind of like Jesus. It was kind of like Jesus. <laughs> no, but I think uh, uh, no, I think that that's um, that's where the disconnect is between like the DC stuff and the Marvel stuff is the Marvel used to tell really good character development stories. And then the DC, there's always something missing in the character development. Um, It was really bad in the first Justice League because there was no character development. Everybody wanted to have more of The Flash and more of Cyborg because their storyline seemed so interesting and there was just none. But then the Zack Snyder Snyder version... It was very cyborg-y. Yeah, it was like here's this cyborg movie inside it, and a, and a and a partly flash movie. Yeah, because yeah. it's Flash who saves the day. And spoilers, <laughs> and and I think that's and that alludes to a future Flashpoint. It alludes to all kinds of things that you can do there. Um, uh, but it was by far a better movie. But I, I think I think I would like to see a two and a half hour or three hour cut of the movie. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, that like would have been good. If I saw a three-hour cut of that movie or a 245 or something, yeah. I would be like, this is great. And I would have, like, because when I saw it, like I think I said before, is like I saw it, like, January when it came out in November. So I've already heard on how terrible it is and how it underperformed. What, the Zack Snyder? People thought no, it No, no, the, 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 oh, the, yeah. the theatrical movie. Yeah. So then when I saw it, I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. Because we, oh, I think we talked about this last time. It was just right. kind of like... Well, yeah, if you build up a movie or you tear it down, you're going to think the other way. So I was like, it was all right. Yeah. But then it's not like I ever wanted to come back to it. But now I'm watching this one and I'm like, I like it a lot. And then my comic book nerd in me liked it so much more because it's like, hey, instead of just making this, I think they even made the CGI for Steppenwolf better and stuff. But it's yeah. just like, you know, you have Steppenwolf, a character that nobody really knows unless you're into like New God stuff. And then it's like, and he's this bad guy doing stuff but then when you see like hey dark side's behind the scenes and he's doing all this stuff for that and you're like ooh, and there's that opening scene with him doing stuff and you're like you know fighting back ten thousand years or whatever and it's like all the dark side stuff's great they even yeah. had a granny goodness in there too oh, i was I like was kind of i was like whoa yeah and yeah. she's just there so it's like you don't have to like hang a lampshade on no, it. that it's was just that like, was just completely just, for the nerds like, yes for the people who know the dark side story and what happens on apocalypse and all that stuff and yeah yeah. So it was so much better. It was yeah. a much better movie. Oh, yeah. It was like by far uh, executed better, and we don't have weird Russian family you have to deal with or something. Yeah. And 
I was actually waiting for the Russian family. I was like, I was like, that was so integral. Oh, and, <laughs> and I'm the just... other, and the other one. I'm like, is it not in the Schneider's cut at all? And I'm like, holy crap, it's not in the no, Schneider's cut at all. No, there's a bunch of stuff. You're like, oh, this, this that was all crap. He added. Right. It, it, it wasn't. It wasn't good by any means. I just kind of thought it was like, no. gonna be in there. No. <laughs> so I mean. I don't know. It was so much better. And I wish they oh, would yeah. have done it. And I just hate that. It's, I feel like Warner Brothers has no idea what they're doing. Yeah. And that's the thing. Because everybody always says DC. But it's not like DC Entertainment makes the movies. I mean, it's Warner Brothers does all the stuff. And... and just, well, Warner Brothers does the DC animated films also. And yeah, those but are that's pretty different. That's, good. that's like Warner Brothers animated. Right. You know. Okay. It's a different studio. And it's probably... And I think... Bruce Timms and has his hands in most of that stuff. Yeah. That's, I mean, there's some great animated DC films. New yeah. Frontier is fantastic. Oh, well, New Frontier is so good. <laughs> yeah, so, um, anyway, getting off of the nerd stuff, let's, yeah. let's, uh, let's, let's do something. We've been recording for 30 hours and now know, we can right. start talking about church. Well, I feel like we can, we can do a two-parter and I, I like doing the two-parter with like, Half of it being comic book stuff, uh, and then the next half being about sex, because I thought that that worked out really, really well this last time. Hey, Ronnie, are you ready? You do know we're about to do a musical number, don't you, Jason? Uh huh. I'm the one with the brains. I'm the brawn. And when we get together, we get our hero on. I'm a book-learning guy. Got that right. A real sensation. I've got the power of transmutation. Oh, whoa. It feels so swell. Whoever thought two minds could work together so well. Oh, whoa, whoa. It feels so grand. The surge of power when we touch our hands. Uh-oh, we're two of a kind. Uh-oh, one body with two minds. When we transform, we become the firestorm. All right, Jason, go on. I'm the one with the brawn. I'm the brains. Put us both together and we'll fan the flame. I'm the one with the punch. Go get him, Ronnie. I've got the muscle. When danger's near, I'm the one who brings the hustle. Oh, whoa. It feels so grand. So many awesome powers at our command. Oh, whoa, whoa. We're a tale of intrigue. Do you think they'll ever let us in the Justice League? Like, huh, is that so? 
Then in study hall, you better leave my girlfriend alone. Whoa, whoa, it feels so fine. Please don't forget about Professor Stein. Whoa, whoa, we don't kiss and talk, but we once kind of made out with Firehawk. Ah, she's hot. Totally. Uh, uh, oh. We're two of a kind. Body with two minds when we transform, we become the fire, a raging, burning fire. We become the fire storm. Conspire, we become the fire storm.